this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. The Jay Allen Show is streaming now on safetyfm.live. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Jay Allen Show. Thank you for coming back to take a listen to what we have to offer. I hope you are doing okay in these unprecedented times. So please enjoy this journey today with the conversation that I have with James McPherson from the Rebranding Safety Podcast. James describes himself as follows. He is a regular safety and health professional, but one who has a strange hobby. In his spare time, he hosts a health and safety well-being podcast and YouTube channel called Rebranding Safety. Born out of frustration of overcomplicated systems and safety gone mad, practices and perceptions, James took it upon himself to publish his opinions and conversations for you to listen to. The podcast has grown fast within the first year, providing in-depth discussions with many people of influence within the industry. Well, let me tell you this way. Opposed to giving you the jargon that a lot of people like to for me to read, I'm just going to tell you straight. Yeah, it's an actual podcast. It's called Rebranding Safety. The podcast is good. You have to take a listen to it and take a listen to what he has going on. Also, there's a lot of stuff that he's talks about where he has shown some of his frustrations on what's going on within the industry. So without taking too much more of your time, let's get you started and let's start the conversation with James McPherson here on The Jay Allen Show. James, welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can. I could hear you the whole time. It was... Uh... I, I took me ages to find a settings thing, but I found it. It was just picking up. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of interesting on how it works because it's a very, it's kind of like a faded gear on the corner. And if you don't know exactly to look for it, it's very confusing. That's exactly <laughs> what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> I should have referenced that. I apologize. No, that's so okay. how are you? I'm how okay. are you? I'm okay, thank you. How about you? Oh, I could complain, but I'm sure that people are not doing well across the board. So I understand how that's going. Yeah, yeah. And the problem is once you start complaining at times like these, you don't stop, do you? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how it goes. Uh, so, James, I know that you had actually seen one of the postings that I had actually made about actually doing, you know, having some people come on and talk about some different things. And you had a gr- you had actually reached out and said, hey, I don't have anything to pitch, but I'd love to talk. So <laughs> yeah. I definitely wanted to to jump in and do this. I took a listen to a couple of your different episodes and I love what you're doing actually, you know, jumping in there, having some people actually have some conversations with you, um, especially in how you've suspended some of the things that you were doing to really focus on this aspect of COVID-19 in particular. So why did you decide to actually kind of restructure the whole show just to focus on that? That's quite a good question. That was an interesting, uh, uh, I say pivot um, because when when it first all happened, there was there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of people throwing their advice out into the market, and and I actually said that that, that rebranding safety, our podcast and YouTube channel, wouldn't wouldn't be doing anything, um, and and advise people to go to the our local enforcer, so the HSE uh, <clears throat> and the government webpage to get their kind of um, and the and the NHS webpage as well to get their advice. So didn't really want to add to the confusion that was already out there, but there's something that I'd been quite wanting to do on the podcast for a long time, which was have that panel set up, which we've got currently. Um, 
and uh, like a LinkedIn connection, a colleague of mine basically dropped me a message and was like, hey, well, do you fancy doing like a panel kind of thing around coronavirus? And I was like, hmm, I'm not sure. I, I, I would like to have a discussion about it, but I, I want to be very clear that we're not giving our kind of our advice is not what you should probably listen to. You should probably <laughs> go to the government. Um, but what I am up for is just kind of discussing our experiences, discussing our opinions and just having a, a relaxed conversation around it, recording that and publishing it out to everybody else. And But being very clear that, you know, we're just here to voice our opinions and it may or may not help you. Um, and, and that seemed to go down well with, with my kind of colleague over or connection over LinkedIn and we approached a couple of uh, other guys so we've got uh, Jonathan Dempsey from Red Laces um, and then <clears throat> David McLean who's an ex-marine uh, turned psychotherapist and then um, Christian Harris who's like a cleaning expert I actually think you had Christian on your podcast fun we have we have yeah so so all we kind of all in this little whatsapp group and just said hey guys what do you think and and that was it really from there i think like two days later we just we just had a zoom call press record and, and off we went we had a, a, a vague structure to it but it was it was vague to say the least it was really just a subject of what we were going to discuss and just kind of led the, the conversation so we we kind of just stopped the whole podcast to kind of do that and see how it went. Now I think we've done four. What we're going to do is probably go back to the normal content because I've got loads of really good content I want to put out, but I can't because we're doing this every week. So now we're going to shift to keeping the panel, but doing it once a month because I, I quite like the dynamic of it. And I think it brings a little bit of variety to the listeners as well to hear someone else's voice. Well, let me ask a couple questions here, if you don't mind, because the interesting thing that has taken place is you have taken such a different approach where you didn't want to come across of, hey, what I have to say is subject matter expert. You kept on referencing going, hey, let's take a look at what the government is telling us to do. I know that there was one particular episode where I was sent, where you were sitting there and you turn around and you go, there's only four reasons you should be out and you cover them directly on what the whole purpose was, which I thought was excellent. But as you decided to do this, why didn't you take the approach that so many others are doing where they're saying, well, I'm a COVID-19 expert, even though most of us have never even heard of this thing until it actually started coming about. Why did you say you want to do it so differently? Well, for that exact reason, there was a lot of people saying that that we are the experts. And I I think one of the the biggest message I try to put across on my podcast to, to kind of our audience is that it, it's, it's quite a personal thing. I find my podcast and, I, and I've, I try to be as honest and authentic as I can be. And, and I think that's kind of our, I wouldn't say unique selling point because I think everybody is like that, but that's our kind of key token is that we're really honest. And, and I wanted to be honest and say, Hey, you know, I didn't see this coming the same as anybody else did. So other than general kind of risk management and business continuity emergency plans things that we that all safety professionals would know there's not really much else that i can tell you that the government is already telling you but then again on on the flip side of things it was for me it's like in in times like this where we're all in kind of panic mode so this is an essentially when it started is an emergency situation I kind of looked at it like how would I deal with, say, an emergency situation in, in a day job in the, from, a, say, a, a, a huge fire, for example. When, when you're kind of talking to the fire service and working with them, it's very clear that one person or one conduit of communication is very key. Um, one source of information, whether that on the other side of that one conduit of communication, there are several incoming streams of information, which is inevitable. Um, 
for the kind of the coalface of the people that are in essentially panic mode, they need that one consistent source of information, I thought. And I thought adding us adding to the, the myriad of people adding their opinions was probably not a good thing at that time. Um, and that is why at the beginning of the podcast, for those four that we did, um, I just reiterate the government guidance every single time because I just do not want anybody to come back and be like not 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 from a sense of of covering our our butts but i don't want to add to the confusion i want people to to go to the one consistent source whether in in years time we 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 look back at how the government manage it and think you know we probably didn't do enough that's not the point we can only deal with what we know now and i think we need to we need to stick with the with the professionals, with the government and the NHS who are there for a reason. This is The Jay Allen Show. At Hop University, we cut the bullshit out of human and organizational performance training. We were born out of necessity. We hear it all the time. Human and organizational performance courses are expensive and hard to find. Safety classes put me to sleep. Help. So we did. We offer on-demand, high-quality online courses in human and organizational performance, safety, and leadership, all led by seasoned safety and hot practitioners. No need to schedule time for that conference, no need to track down the latest guru, and no stuffy classroom required. Join us today at hopuniversity.org. That's H-O-P university.org. Thank you for listening to Safety FM. We are here to help you in this time of need. Make sure to join us on Patreon forward slash Safety FM. And we are back on the Jay Allen Show on Safety FM. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. And I think that you're bringing out an excellent point is that things are consistently going to be changing because of course we learn something new something that we're doing right something that we're doing wrong something that needs to change so i think that's excellent points that you are bringing up there now let me ask a couple strange questions here because when you decided to actually come up with your podcast and youtube channel why did you decide rebranding safety what did you what did you look at and say we're branding it wrong and you said we need to change it Hmm. That's another good question, actually. It, well, it, I mean, these are the questions I have to ask. You have the titling, so of course I have to take advantage of the opportunity. It's it's interesting because I think I think before before I started the podcast, I, I lived in this little uh, beautifully naive world where I thought I was the only person that had this forward thinking view on health and safety. Um, I hadn't been exposed to the people that I've been exposed to since. Um, being on the podcast so it was it was interesting I was talking to another podcaster in the UK um, Colin Nataj who does the interesting safety podcast and and he we were talking about he was comparing his to, to mine and I was saying I, I see my podcast as this it's, it's like a live version of me learning and growing as a safety professional because when I started I was under the impression and I still am, am under the impression that we do need to rebrand health and safety and I'll come to that in a second um, but at the time all I saw was what was immediately in front of me in the day job all of my friends are builders and plumbers etc and they have a perception of health and safety which I didn't see myself fitting into and when I went on to YouTube or looked for podcasts it felt like it was the same old you know middle-aged to old white man in a shirt and tie sitting at the top of a high-rise building in London 
talking in a very monotonous tone and I just thought it doesn't communicate to me it's most definitely not going to communicate to my friends um, hold on you said monotonous tone I'm, I'm, I don't know if I should be offended <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> no it, it, it's like it, it's just kind of like it just didn't feel relatable for me and 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 that was the thing and it's interesting because in in my early intros um and this is why this kind of whole thing has been a journey because in my early intros, I used to quite arrogantly say, you know, we are, I'd say it's said it quite tongue in cheek. Um, we're the best podcast for health and safety out there. And I remember the gentleman who runs, oh, it's an Australian podcast. I can't remember the name. Anyway, um, a health and safety podcast based in Australia. And he actually messaged me a bit like, I challenge you to say that you're the best. Actually, I think we're quite good. And I was like, look, it's tongue in cheek. Um, but ever since I've started, I've actually, I never knew, I knew of Todd Conklin, for example, but I never knew of his podcast. I didn't know of your podcast. Now you've got Drew Proven. He's doing his podcast. There's so much good stuff out there. But the problem is a lot of people didn't know it. So we're quite upfront as well in our podcast. So if I listen to something say on your podcast for example i'll quite easily say hey go check out jay's podcast because it's been i had this really good heard this really good episode the other day um but especially in the uk we have a perception of health and safety that that needs to change 100 and I, i think that still stands um and that is why it that's why in our videos and and the, the video versions of our podcast as well you know it's not formal um we we do quite heavy focus on that and keeping it you know wearing caps and little things like that to keep it really informal relaxed you know i'm i'll be authentic in a way point and from a point of view that i do struggle not to swear sometimes so you know that podcast is my platform so the swearing comes out and i think for me that whole thing is like it's just saying hey look there's nothing wrong with the the way we've done health and safety for the last 10 years in a way the people who have done it they've got us to a point where we 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 stopped killing hundreds of people we're only killing a few hundred uh, well 140 something a year on average in the uk it's a great job that we've done um but now we need something else for the next generations. And, and that was kind of the point was it just didn't feel like it fit my generation, but I, I don't see that to be offensive to anyone else, but granted in the beginning, I was quite naive and uh, probably a little bit arrogant as well. Well, I mean, I think it's an interesting point because here's the thing, when you go into this, and I know that sometimes people are a little bit hesitant about talking about it, is that you think you have something to offer to the general audience. Cause if not, you wouldn't be doing it. It's kind of the way that it goes. True. And there are, people that are out there that they are saying that they are the best safety podcast and that's great because you need to at least live the dream that that's the case (laughs) who knows you could have the best one i mean and you know some people take offense to it and challenge others the ones that upset me the most are the ones that say i don't do this to um to be competitive yeah you do everybody to an extent you are and it's like a lot of people that i talk to they go well the numbers don't matter because it's vanity metrics Okay, so then why are you doing it? Why are you tracking it? Why are you looking at it? If it didn't matter, then why even put it out there is the way that I look at it most of the times, which is a terrible thing to say. But what I've noticed too is that there's a lot of good messaging that's out there, but not everybody knows where to dig. Mm. What I've noticed over the last few years in particular is there's so many new safety podcasts that come out and mm. it's good that there's new messaging coming out, but most people don't make it past episode 14. Yeah. What do I mean by that is that they stop recording because they don't realize how much work this is. Because yeah, how big your group is, 
you have, if you're doing it personally, you have to hunt the person down. You hunt the person down. You have to email them, verify that everything's going to be okay. Schedule a time, do the production, produce it, social media. If you're doing YouTube, you have to add an extra channel on top of that. And there's so many other aspects that it's like, if you're not doing this for the purpose of getting the information out there and or making money off of it or marketing something, it's going to be extremely difficult to commit so much time. And people think, oh, I'm just going to record and people are going to listen. And that's just not normally the case. Mm. That, that, is, that's, that is just so true. Um, I mean, there's, there's so much to that. It, it, the, the work that goes in behind it, I do think a lot of people don't don't realize how much work it takes to to edit and to to cut it to get it to a reasonable standard don't get me wrong our first podcast we ever did was literally my hands free plugged into my phone and and i just recorded it straight into there and just thought screw it let's go but i've got this weird um uh, this weird kind of thing about me that i don't like being a percentage and when i started i watched uh i think it was pat flynn um who's, who's obviously a huge podcast and he said less than nine percent of podcasts make it past episode 11 or something like that on average and i was like well i'm not going to be a percentage i'm i'm making at least 11 episodes and then <laughs> and that was it we just kept going and kept going and I, and i think there is some other points as well it's like I, I would probably hold my hands up and say that i'm i would say that i don't see competition in the i've, I've definitely said it when talking about the three uh, other kind of english podcasts that we have going but when I say I don't see it in a competition, I see it from I, I mean it from a point of view to say that there are people in this profession, or not even just in this profession, there are people, business owners, leaders, etc., that want to listen to a health and safety podcast that do want my style of podcast. There are people that want you know all the other ones that are in the UK. They want their style of podcast. There are people that want your style of podcast and Todd's style of podcast. And and the more there is, it's, it's only a good thing. So I think it's there is competition one hundred percent. And and I'm not going to sit here and say I don't look at the metrics of other people's podcasts and go, hmm, okay, what's that person doing that I'm not? You know. But I also kind of caveat that by saying. There are people out there that that want my style. They just haven't come across it yet, and vice versa. Um, I I agree with that, and I think that that's sometimes some of the confusion is that people don't realize that you were out there doing it, and I'm going to hit a certain target. You're going to hit a certain target. Other podcasts are going to hit different targets. So when I started trying to grab groups of people and putting them together and putting them on the Safety FM station, a lot of people were like but you already have a podcast. Why would you want to bring my show onto your network? Mm. Well, not what I do, everybody cares for. And a lot of the stuff that we talk about is human and organizational performance, at least on the shows that I do. Mm-hmm. I started to bring in some people that did behavior-based safety. And then I have people that came in and did human factors. And some of the other, uh, some of the other shows were like, what is wrong with you? Why are you having these other people on there? I was like, because not everybody cares what I have to say. <laughs> they were like, but isn't the whole purpose of actually having them listen to your concept of safety? But yes, but we have to get them there some way, some shape or some form. And they might not agree 100%. And maybe today they don't like what I have to say, but they might like somebody else. And maybe we can get them there by listening to this. And it's not like I'm trying to transfer people over to change what they're doing. But I think it's exactly what you're saying. There's different contexts for everybody. Like I have a guy that's on... On the station, his name is Sam Goodman. He does something called the Hop Nerd. Some people are offended by the name <sighs> because of what it's called. And it's like, well, he's referring to himself that he's a nerd because he digs in so much to to hop. Mm. And that's what he's doing. 
And I've always found it interesting that people were offended by the name, but he has some really good content, but he definitely has a demo that is a younger demographic. Like, I'll, like I think it's funny because I look back and I was talking to somebody a few days ago and they would say, they asked me, what do you think of your first 100 episodes of your show? And I like, and I was looking a look at it and I went, if you look back at them, it's a love letter to Todd Conklin. It's a letter of how much I appreciated his work. I mean, it's pretty much that's the whole context of every single show. So if people that have not listened to my show, they will know that they don't, they don't have to listen to the first 100 if they've already, they know about Todd because that's all it's about. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love that to Todd Conklin. It's the truth. It is a love letter to Todd Conklin. And it's funny because I have gotten to know Todd over the last few years, and he's he's a very interesting individual. And he is so he goes into so much in depth about his work and the stuff that he covered and so and stuff that he tells me, you know, behind the scenes. I'm always amazed on just how, you know, how fluid he is in that, because to me, I had to do a lot of research and do a lot of strange things to, you know, to go, here's my new concept. Here's what a concept that I'm thinking of, but he's just so fluid with it. And it is constant and constant and constant. Mm -hmm. And I always just talking to people that are able to do that. That's why when I started, when you kind of reached out, I had seen some of your stuff online, but I was like, okay, I want to understand it a little bit better. So I was taking some of these dives and I was like, I'm just so impressed on the approach that you're taking. And it's different. And that's what I like is that it's competitive, but different all at the same time. Mm. And I think that that's where some of us get hung up of, well, I don't know if I feel comfortable. And it's, I think it's a comfort thing with some people where they don't feel that it's okay to talk about other podcasts or other shows on their show. Because what if my listener all of a sudden likes your show better? Mm. Well, okay. That's what they're wanting to know. They want new information. Mm. But it's, a, a, do you know what it reminds me of, just to kind of, in art, to, just as you were kind of comparing the two and talking about Todd as well, it, it reminds me of this this battle that I see quite a lot at the moment between like your safety ones and your safety twos and, and, and all of that is so similar to that, what you've just said, in, in that it doesn't matter if you're a one or a two, as long as it works for you. It doesn't matter if you listen to Rebranding Safety or Safety FM, as long as it works for you. And let's be honest, when it comes to podcasts, people don't just listen to one bloody podcast. You know, I listen to a lot of business podcasts, but there's hundreds of them. This is The Jay Allen Show. Safety Consultant, that U.S. group is a group that is set up for other people that are safety consultants and those that want to be safety consultants. A resource site that will give you the ideas that you need for growing your business, such as teaching resources. Because you got to be a teacher when you're out there, and that's going to be part of your base for growing your clients. Teacher chops, though. So that we have OSHA compliance topics, including written programs and assessments that you could use for getting your business going. And also, it's a group community of other people that are doing what you're doing as a safety consultant. Thank you for listening to Safety FM. We are here to help you in this time of need. Make sure to join us on Patreon forward slash Safety FM. And we are back on the Jay Allen Show on Safety FM. People believe that, though, that all of a sudden, if I listen to one, I might not listen to another, especially if it's related to the same subject. Like, I will tell you, the most popular podcast in the world that I can find ranking wise, regardless of what I look at, is Joe Rogan. Mm. when you take a look at Joe Rogan, 
He's a good comedian. But would you think that he would have the number one podcast? Absolutely not. And then nothing's wrong with this podcast, especially his podcast lasts anywhere between two to three hours. Yeah. But that's the one that, you know, is the measuring stick that people go to. But you look at it and go, well, I'm sure that the people who listen to Joe Rogan also listen to some other things that are out there. Mm-hmm. But that's just kind of the way that it goes. And I get a lot, I get it when I, the funny part is that when I speak to people that do podcasts as well, I get very hung up on the whole podcasting thing because I think it's interesting on how everyone approaches it a little bit differently. And some people look at it and go, I have to have the word safety in my podcast mm-hmm. for people to know that it's a safety podcast. Mm-hmm. And that is the whole por- portion of it. I have listened to some safety podcasts. They don't even talk about safety, but safety's in the title. Yeah. So James, as you decided to go down this path, what caused you to be in love with safety? What was the whole thing? What was, where, where did the love start where you said, okay, I want to go into this field? Because let's be real. This is not a, the easiest field. You are selling something that people can't touch, feel, or even look at. So how, does, how did this start working for you? And mostly you're selling stuff that they don't realize that they need or want uh, as well. Exactly. But it's... Um, so I, I actually went to college to be an electrician um, because I had it instilled in me and my family. You ain't going to get anywhere unless you get a trade behind you. So you need to get a trade for behind you. And there's two things I wanted to do, either be a journalist or work in theatre. Um, and a friend of mine actually worked in theatre, still does now, very successful, and um, ended up going down that route. And to be to work as a, as a light engineer in theatre, you need to be an electrician anyway. So I was like, great. I tick the uh, the family box by getting a trade behind me and I could still go work in theatre. Did that, tried being an electrical apprentice during uh, one of the biggest recessions that England's ever had. Was a bad idea. Couldn't get any apprenticeships whatsoever and just ended up being a chef. So I ended up in a local pub um and yeah I was a chef for a few years um, which is a good thing because that's where I met my wife so that was that was a good thing I'll never say that it was a bad thing thing that ever happened let's get the story straight (laughs) that's it and and to be honest uh I've still struggled to meet many people that have the work ethic that a chef has like it is the hardest job I've ever seen and don't get me wrong there are hard jobs out there harder much harder than being a chef but it was just non-stop and then uh kind of left the pub and was in bouncing around warehouses and just you know, crappy jobs and just thought I'm never I never really had any aspirations or well I had an aspiration to own my own business so that was about I never knew what it was gonna look like. Um I thought well I'm not gonna be a journalist now and I'm not gonna be in a theatre had nothing and I just took a job was a uh, what was it called? Assistant Health, Safety, Quality and Environment. That was it. Yeah. Health, Safety, Quality, Environment Assistant at a manufacturing plant in uh, my hometown. And then that was it. From there, it grew from, this is an all right job and it pays quite well. Um, I'll, I'll stay here. I was on a temporary contract. Then I got offered a permanent contract and I started to think, hmm, this is actually quite a good job. And to be honest, it's probably one of the best jobs I've ever had, even to this day. Um, and then took on the safety side of it a, a lot more. So when I first started, it was mostly quality that the assistant did. And then took on safety and started realizing that I've got this kind of love for understanding how kind of people work, like the sociology sociology side of things and the psychology side of things and, and, and trying to influence in people. And you know, just the, the kind of variety of it as well. Like, so the love never for safety never just came out. It, it just grew and grew over the years. And the more and more I get into it, the more and more it fascinates me. 
But if anyone was to say, why should I have a job in safety? I would say it's the only job in my experience that you can get your fingers in absolutely every pie in the workplace. You know, safety is in every department. There's no other job like it. If you work in finance, you just work in finance. If you work in operations, you just work in operations. If you work in safety, you have to know finance. You have to know operations. You have to know brand. You have to know comms, everything. Now, when you just, so you decided to do this, I mean, that's definitely a change of scenario there from where you started to where you got to it. Now that you have your fingers in in everything or had the, you know, the opportunity to do it because of being in safety, as I know that here in the U.S., if you want to make it to, let's say, what we call the C-suite, so like the board of people that are in charge, Mm -hmm. they only require that you have X amount of experience in other things as well. Do they normally have a a chief position, like a chief safety officer position in the UK? Is that something that's standard there or is it kind of rare and far between in individual companies? That is? It varies. I find some, some sometimes you'll have, um, you'll have like a director of safety or a head of safety. I think head of safety is the most common from what I see. Um, I've seen the odd director of safety, but what seems to be increasingly common in the UK is having a head of safety um, that reports into normally like a director of operations or something like that, which I've got my own kind of qualms about. I think I think that potentially creates a conflict of interest, but that aside. <laughs> and, and, and I think that seems to be the common thing, but you are starting to see much more kind of I would say maybe maybe forward thinking, I don't know, but you do start to see these kind of directors of risks roles start to come up a lot more nowadays where they seem to run everything that's a potential risk to the brand. So you, you might start to see a head of finance, a head of safety, a head of HR, a head of comms, whatever, all sitting under a head of risk, a director of risk or something like that. It does vary, but nine times out of 10, the head of always sits probably one below what you would call the C-suite. Or if you're in a, what I would say a potentially good business, they, they do sit in that kind of C-suite. So it does vary over here, I think. Got it. So what are you, what are you planning on doing next with rebranding safety? What's the plan for the future? Oh, it, at, at the moment, a rebranded safety will carry on just chipping away at what we're doing. Um, I think the podcast for me will carry on um, being what it is, you know, a weekly episode and, and the YouTube channel will continue as well. I think we, we've got some offers to kind of come up and start monetizing it. We've got a couple of people that are eager to sponsor, one of which we, we'll definitely go forward with. We've had him on the podcast a few times. Um, but from there... I mean, it's interesting because for me, it was like, I never, I never, I want, I, want, I would love my own business. So let, you know, let's not be around the bush. I want, I would love rebranded safety to become a business. And we, we registered a business name behind it. And when, when you, if you hear the intro, it says brought to you by risk fluent, which essentially is our registered business name, but it's not a business at the moment. It's not an operational business. We just got the name because we didn't want anyone to, uh, to nick it. Um, and we couldn't register rebranded safety because it's a phrase and not a name. So they wouldn't let us register it. Um, so obviously I would love it to be a business, but I don't want it to be, uh, a consultancy. Like I don't want to be your everyday consultant, just going out doing fire risk assessments and fire. It's not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, 
that's never what we kind of wanted to be. And it was interesting. We weren't really sure what we wanted it to be. Um, you know, it's just a podcast and a YouTube channel. And if it became something bigger, then great. And and since then, we've, we've kind of had... Um, we had what we what was called a media partnership in February, which I couldn't tell you even now what that means. Um, <laughs> but a, a gentleman who runs a quite a, a kind of innovative health and safety kind of event called a called the Congress, the HSE Congress. He actually does them in America and all around the world as well. And um, and it, and he'd come on the he'd asked to come on a podcast. Said, "Oh, I'm doing this. What do you think? Can you want to talk about it?" And I'm like, "Yeah, come along. Had to talk about it." And then he approached me a couple months later, saying, "I really love what you're doing on a YouTube channel. Could you come along and do something like some social media stuff?" And I said, "Well, what I would like to do, and what we'd been thinking about, is doing like a vlog style video of us going to events like conferences and stuff like that. Would you want us to do something like that?" And we did it. We did it completely for free. We they paid for a ticket for us, but that was it. And um, we went and did it. And the amount of people that have come and said, like, that's amazing. You should do that. You should be like a, a comm safety business. And I'm like, what even is that? So in answer to your question, we don't really know <laughs> what, what what it's going to grow into. We're just kind of enjoying seeing it grow. Like when you were talking about the metrics earlier as well, like for me, Every day when we get one new subscriber or I, look, or I have a double check and we've got 10 new subscribers or you've got another couple of listeners on your or a couple more downloads than you did on the last one, I just can't believe it that there's another person that actually wants to listen to me on a regular basis. It blows my mind. Um, so I, I think at the moment, yes, we'd like it to become something. Uh, I'd love to own my own business and I'd love to it's got to be something about how we communicate safety. Like that's a point of rebranding safety. It's like a lot of the safety professionals that I refer to as the kind of old school boys, you know, with clipboards that need to be rebranded. It's not that they're bad at their job. It's just how we've communicated safety over the years has been the problem. Um, so we've created a perception. So for me, if, if we could grow something that helps us change the perception of safety, which ultimately hopefully will stop us killing 140 people on average a year, then great. What does that physically look like? I really don't have the answer to that question. <laughs> So let me ask an, another question that just came to mind. When you started going down the path with you, you starting to do safety, whose work were you looking at? Like when you decided to go down, not with rebranding safety per se, but when you started your career, what I know that you started to get into safety based on how your career worked out. But what did you decide to do? Did you look into anybody else's work or did you just go based on what the company was showing you at the time? Sure. So, so originally it was uh, based on what the company was showing me at the time. So my first job was heavily um, dictated by our kind of uh, ISO accreditations that we had. So I lived on in British standards and things like that. And that's where I did most of my work from our internal sam st standards. And then as I kind of progressed through my roles, I started looking at a, work, a lot of work by Andrew Sherman, um, and Dame Judith Hackett probably dominated a lot of my time early on. Um, and then it was interesting. We had Andrew Sherman come on the podcast and I would, I would say that it probably wasn't my favorite podcast. It felt a bit too rigid for me. And, um, and, and then from there, 
I'd already started looking into people like Sydney and Todd and all the other podcasts that are out there and Eric as well. I was starting to see all this other stuff and then approached um, Ron Gant uh, from America and got him to come on our podcast. And and then literally within the space of maybe like the year of we started the podcast, my eyes just, well, probably just before that, but you know, my eyes just opened to everyone else in the world. But full on in the beginning, it was what was in front of me, which was HSE guidance, which I, to be honest, I still vouch for most of our UK HSE guidance. I think it's very reasonable. And I, and I, I quite like the way that Dame Judith Hackett looks at a lot of the work she does. And, and I do genuinely think that there was never anything wrong with the law in the first place. Uh, so a lot of the work that I did in the beginning was very much based around the guidance in front of us, British standards and stuff like that, which British standards can get a bit heavy at times. And then Andrew Shalman was probably the first person that kind of opened my eyes a little bit. And then from there, my eyes were open to the rest of the world. It's quite it's like when you buy a book and then at the back of the book, you've got that list of, if you like this book, you might like all these other books. And that just ruins your life from there onwards because you're just forever <laughs> reading books. Very true. Very true. So now if our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find more information? I have a good idea where they're going to go, but where would they find more information? Sure. So, so the easiest thing is to, is to Google rebranded safety podcast. So our obvious two platforms are, are YouTube and then pretty much any platform um, that does a podcast we're on. Um, so you can go on Spotify, you can go on iTunes, Google podcast i think they're called now all the all the kind of the weird ones hiding in the background we we use anchor to put our podcast out so our profile is is a is an anchor page um you, you can go on there and that can link you out to the others but to be honest the easiest easy way is to just google rebranded safety podcast or go on youtube and just put rebranded safety and everything you need is there and the other easiest way is to come on linkedin and just search for me james mcpherson and i'm i'm happy to chat to absolutely anyone well, James, I really do appreciate you coming on to the show today. I really do appreciate the time and, and really did enjoy the, the conversation. No, it's good. Thank you for having me on. It was nice being, being interviewed for once instead of being an interviewer. <laughs> this brings another episode of the Jay Allen Show to an end. To find out what we have going on at Safety FM, don't hesitate to come to our website, safetyfm.com, or you can also come to safetyfm.tv. Sometimes people get confused on what we have going on. Don't worry. We are a radio station that has some of the best safety content in the world available. We'll be back with another episode of the Jay Allen Show before too long. Goodbye for now. Want more of the Jay Allen Show? Go to safetyfm.com. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen. Thank you for listening to Safety FM. We are here to help you in this time of need. Make sure to join us on Patreon forward slash Safety FM.